We don't condone any of the games that we're going to mention. These games are dangerous and might actually cause harm. Your soul is very important to us. Are you ready to play? Ah. So, I don't, did I tell you this? I told you that my apartment was originally haunted when I first moved in. Yeah, I think you mentioned that. Okay, so, anyway. So, now, we make jokes whenever we hear, like, a noise out of place or we hear, like, a plate move. You know how you stack the plates and maybe, like, out of nowhere, just one moves. Right. And small noises like that, we like, oh, the ghost wants to do this. Oh, the ghost wants to do that. And so, um, like, I was, I was working on my stuff on my desk, and then we heard... We had a shower curtains with little magnets in the bottom. You know those shower right. curtains? Yeah. So we heard one of the magnets stick. So my mom was like, oh, the ghost wants to take a shower. And then I screamed back, there's no hot water. Because there was no hot water in my apartment this morning, this afternoon. And then me and my mom were laughing about it because we always do that. So I told her, yo, one day if I got a response, just know I'm out this bitch. And she's like, well, you asked. I'm like, yeah, but I didn't expect a response. The minute I hear a response, I'm out. Maybe you shouldn't ask. <laughs> we make jokes and everything. Yeah, but so, if you get a response, it was your fault. Yeah, and then my mom was like, one day like, you hear her go saying, gracias. And then I'm about to book it. You're going to see me like, oh, yeah, yeah. And then just like. But then they said the nicest shit. Nah, chill the fuck out. They said gracias. Chill the fuck out. It was so kind. No, I I, I don't fucks with ghosts, okay, man. Then that's why you don't ask a question to a ghost. I'm like, I, the moment you ask, the moment you just when you start fucking with them. <laughs> it's all jokes. I didn't want a literal response. Well, you they don't know that. Oh, Lord have mercy. You ready for the dream? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Last week, she mentioned some fucking crazy ass dreams she had. I'd like to hear it. Okay. All right. I did not take any drugs before I slept. Nice. I didn't, no, I'm so serious. I did not drink a single ounce of liquor before I slept. Nice. All I had to eat was hamburger bread. Nice. Because my job, like, they sometimes get out food towards the end of the night because we get very hungry. They had burgers. Again, I don't eat red meat. So I just ate the hamburger bun. <laughs> That's all I had. Just to lay it out there. So I had a dream that I stumbled upon this village that was a cult. Now, this was a village that the women and the little girls had complete power and possession of all the men using incantations and spells. Now, this, so far, this sounds like something that you would dream up, and it sounds like something you would like, but continue. I mean, I would, not really. Like, free will, they have no free will whatsoever, because they were completely controlled by the women and the little girls. All right, continue. Okay, so... I stumbled upon it, and then I got invited to dinner. Now, the thing is that for dinner, all, all the people had to be um, confirmed. And by confirmed, I mean, like, the elders would have to make sure that all the women and all the girls were following the rules of the village. So, And they did this very often, just to make sure that everything was in order. 
So in order for them to confirm you, they would have to not slap your hand. So you had to be, if you fucked up, if you broke one of the rules, you would get your hand slapped. So when I went, it was my turn. I actually got my hand slapped, but the ladies were like, oops, sorry. So I was mistakenly slapped in the hand. So there was this one table where this girl was sitting by herself. Now, apparently nobody wanted to sit with her because she was weird. The whole fucking place I, sounds yeah, weird. Tell me about it. Yeah. But okay, let's okay, find yeah. out what her yeah. weirdness yeah, I, is. I know, right? So, okay, so anyway. So I went to go sit with her because she told me a lot about the village. And that's how I ended up learning a lot about this stuff. During the lunch, a lot of the elders did a performance that described the history of the village. And then they used the men and the children as puppets because they were able to levitate them and use them as puppets to help more show details in the history as in the performance now mind you they have no will they can't protest they can't fight back they have they just do it and then um it was creepy because like the elders had head headdresses and headgear that covered them in like the most creepiest way possible it was one very big headdress and then they were straight draped with black with white holes as their eyes and listen it was beyond creepy so after lunch, all the women and girls were given tasks to do chores for the village. And then they obviously possessed and controlled the men and the little boys to do, to do the more harder labor and, and the more strong labor. And a lot of women had to climb up mountains, very, very narrow mountains, like almost like a, like a very, very thick pole because they had to grab things from the top. And then they would just throw it down at the men and some of them killed them. And that's the thing. A lot of the powers that they use, they use to kill the men and the little boys. So, you know how in Harry Potter, the newspapers and the books, the images move? Right. Okay, so I ended up finding a book that did that. And it showed more of the history of the village. So, in one of the pages, it showed the elders in the, that headgear, two of them, like in, and a girl and her three little brothers. They were standing at the edge of the cliff. The little girl was tied by the waist to her little brothers, like a link, but she was further ahead. So the little girl jumped off the cliff to her death, and then at the end, her three younger brothers were pulled along with her. And obviously, they had to go with her because she was she had to do it. Mm-hmm. And then the other one I saw was a picture of uh, a wedding. This woman was getting married with her husband. The husband was smiling, forced smiling, obviously, because this is against his will. And then the woman had a shotgun right at his head. So as I turned the page, I heard the gunshot go off. And then I heard that there was this woman that happened to escape many years ago that worked at a library. And she and she sometimes uses the powers to control the men that she she works around small things like if they got into a huge argument at work because he didn't do anything she would control him to do the thing that he was supposed to do small things like that and she didn't use it to the full potential like these women did and so i was trying to escape and she heard that i was trying to escape so i had to wait for her to arrive to help me now i ran into this little boy that was going to help me escape in return of me finding one incantation so he could get revenge on his sister because she bullied and tortured him using the spells and incantations. Okay. So uh, there's two very important women in this village that I didn't find out well, until I started getting help from this little boy. And that is the mother. She's called the mother. And the inventor. The inventor was a very steam- steampunk lady. And she was able to fly because she had a gadget that helped her fly and helped 
you know, maintain and watch er the area, the village, to make sure everything was in order. So I found an incantation and it was ripped. So me and the little boy were trying to put it together so he could get his deal and he could help me escape. But we almost got caught by the inventor because she was flying above us. So and then that's when I woke up. Well, then. Okay. <laughs> I'm so dead ass. That was a dream I had like three nights ago. You had a whole damn movie in your head. Shit. Yeah. I wrote everything down because you know how sometimes like you forget the dream the minute you wake up. Yeah. Luckily, I was able to hold on to it. So I wrote it down. I texted my best friend. I texted him every single detail that I could fucking remember before I lost it. I thought it'd be cool to share. It was cool. You had a damn story. Shit. Yeah, it, it was It was pretty crazy. My best friend texted me back saying that I should lay off the drugs. Oh, cool. <laughs> Which I don't do. I was like, mm, mushrooms? No. Glad you enjoyed that story. If any of you guys did, copyright mine. Sorry. So, do you have anything to say? No. Do you want to just get straight to it? I don't see why not at this point. Shit. Yeah, because it sounds like I'm going to need this ritual that I'm going to be talking about. And to introduce, we've talked about a lot of games that can lead to a lot of possessions. If you're not careful and if you're dumb and you don't listen to us. So I'm going to discuss the rituals of an exorcism. Oh, great. Just in case, because, you know, some peaches don't listen to us and then they end up fucking themselves over, so... Turn it, Yeah, you can't say that we let this happen. Here's an exorcism for you, so... Well, you already gave him a cleansing. I mean, you tried. I tried, and I still am. <laughs> I'm still trying. So, as we all know from movies and shows, and the occasional YouTube video at 2 a.m. that I know Sass probably watches... You're damn right. <laughs> exorcisms are wild and crazy. So, today we're going to go deep and know the actual process of getting an exorcism. And nothing like from The Conjuring or The Conjuring 2... Nothing like that. As interesting as that is. Right? Like, I mean, eh, the movie's pretty good, but that's not really how it works. And what was the first Exorcist movie? That also caused a lot of problems. Yeah, exactly. That caused a lot of problems when it came to, like, the actual visual of what an exorcism is. That and also they said there was some creepy shit happening on set. But we're not going to talk about that. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. Fuck no. Oh. Yeah, okay, so instead of getting the demon out, you let the shit in. But we're not going to say anything about it. It's not our business. <laughs> not my business. Uh, first, we're going to learn a bit of history. In Roman Catholicism, exorcism is sacramental, but not to be confused by a sacrament like baptism or confession. Now, the difference between the two is unlike a sacrament, Exorcism's integrity and efficiency does not depend on the ordered sequence or prescribed actions. For example, a sacrament would be baptism to communion to confirmation to marriage at a church. So the sacrament itself is totally different from that. So it efficiency depends on only two elements, which is authorization from a valid and listed church authority and the faith of the exorcist. Okay, gotta have faith. Gotta have faith. Ooh, ooh. I knew it was gonna happen. I love George Michael, all right? I love George Michael too, but I just knew you were gonna start singing. I was gonna, I just let it happen. <laughs> the Catechism of the Catholic Church, and by Catechism, I mean the promulgated, which promulgated from the Catholic Church by Pope John Paul II in 1992. 
In other words, this is what the Catholic Church defines as an exorcism. Okay. So when the church asks publicly and authoritatively in the name of Jesus Christ that a person or object be protected against the power of the evil one and withdrawn from his dominion, it is called an exorcism. Of course. So if you use the name of Jesus Christ to repent an evil, then that is called an exorcism from a person or object because objects get possessed as well. Strangely enough. As we know from the Warner family. Yes, just be careful of your deodorant people. What? You never know. It's an object. (laughs) Haunted deodorants? Ooh, that would suck. Hey, I don't want to walk around smelling like brimstone. (laughs) Okay. So, the first official guidelines for exorcisms were established in 1614, whereas the grimoire... That is not my favorite book. Oh, I know, but you mentioned it. Oh, so... I got made fun of uh, for the book. I feel like, um... Well, you said you want to find it. No, I I said I have an idea of where it is. Yeah. All I know is that I have a journal that's leather-bound, and my father kept calling it the grimoire, and I almost threw it at him. (laughs) But, anyway. Okay, so, uh, we're widely known and used since the ancient period. So they say that exorcism's first... The first exorcism could actually be older than, than 1614. Those guidelines were later revised, but, um, exorcism guidelines, forgot to mention that, uh, were later revised by the Vatican in 1999 as the demands of exorcisms increased. So in the 15th century, Catholic exorcisms were both priestly and lay. And by lay, I mean, that means members who are not part of the clergy, i.e. nuns. So nuns were able, as long as you're part of the church in any way, shape, or form, you were able to do it during the 15th century. Okay. Uh, since back then, every Christian was considered having the power to command demons and drive them out in the name of Christ. Nah, I wouldn't go with that. <laughs> I, know, I, know, I know too many Christians who, you know, oh, probably oh. need one. Oof, uh, oof, trust me, I know too many Christians that cannot do that just because they say they follow Jesus Christ. Okay, so these exorcists use the Benedictine formula, Vade Retro Satana, Step Back Satan. So that's where my Latin comes in, bitch. Oh, I like that. Vade retro satana. Now, I know that's not bad because I said it right. It's not, but it's like, back up, bitch. I exactly. Like I like that. I'm going to use that next time this bitch comes like, uh, vede retro, bitch. You might be like, hmm, kind of have an in. <laughs> then I have to step back. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so uh, more details about the Benedictine formula. I had to slow it down because I always fuck it up. It was also referred as the Order of St. Benedict are a monastic Catholic religion ordered of monks and nuns that followed the rules of St. Benedict. So, i.e. St. Benedict kind of created this whole thing. Is that where Eggs Benedict came from? Oh my god. No, I, I don't think it does. <laughs> wow. Instead of getting mad at me, like, hmm, maybe she's right. <laughs> I, mean, I really was like, no, bitch. We're like, wait, maybe. <laughs> like, I can't say no, and then maybe it is. Do you want to Google that real quick? Okay. Okay, pause. So, Eggs Benedict are not from St. Benedict. It really isn't. I just looked it up. <laughs> Where is it from, Sess? Oh, let's see. In 1894, Lemuel Benedict, who was a Wall Street broker, oh. said he was suffering from a hangover and ordered some buttered toast, crisp bacon, and two poached eggs and a hooker of holiday sauce. 
And I'm guessing a hooker with some type of um, measurement. I hope. I think so. <laughs> I think so. And this was at the Waldorf Hotel in New York. So, no. Astoria, the Waldorf Astoria. Yes. I'm saying back then, I guess they used to call it a hotel sometimes. Yeah. yeah but yeah. now, that has nothing to do with exorcism. Yeah. Well, thank you, Saz, for elaborating on that. You're welcome. I had no ideas. Well. Okay, so now I can yell, no, it's not. Okay. Fake ass. <laughs> okay. So, by the late 1960s, not a lot of exorcisms were performed in the United States. But by the mid-1970s, a lot of popular films and literature bought the interest of the ritual, leading to thousands claiming demonic possession. So, like... I can't stand people. Mass hysteria is a very interesting thing. So is hypochondria. (laughs) Uh, ba-da-ba-da... This also led to a lot of maverick priests who belonged to fringes taking advantage of the increase in demand and perform exorcisms with little to no official sanction. So, easy to say that these exorcisms were underground affairs undertaken without the approval of the Catholic Church and without rigorous psychological screening that the Church required. See, they were taking precautions and these little fake clergymen decided to pop up out of nowhere. Imagine having a bootleg exorcism. What would that entail? That it would entail that they just call him out Jesus Christ, and then that's it. You pay him up, and like I got, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like the most hood thing they could probably do. I say, does I don't think the church charges. I mean, they're taking advantage, so I imagine maybe some of them charged. These bootleg exorcisms was what prompted the official guidelines from 1614 to be amended. So. That part where they said that anybody from the church can perform an exorcism, well, they got rid of that. Good. So, examples of new amendments, everyone. The primary amendment rules that the potentially possessed individual must be evaluated by a medical professional in order to eliminate any suspicion of mental illness. Even though back then, mental illness was still an iffy thing, at least it was introduced. True, Not saying that they completely cleared a lot of them. Maybe some of them that were a lot of hit and misses. Maybe some people were actually possessed, but they cleared it as a mental illness. Or some people only had mental illness and then they exercised them for no reason. Of course. So, uh, another one. The Vatican requires that each uh, diocese have a specially trained priest who is able to diagnose demonic possession and perform one when necessary. And here's a little extra one. In more recent years, as the need for exorcism increased, all dioceses are now required by the Vatican to have a trained exorcist available as needed. So it's like having a doctor on call for your soul. Exactly. Ah, yeah! <laughs> that's I like good. that. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Okay, so since these amendments were made, most reported um, cases do not require an exorcism because 20th century Catholic officials regard genuine demonic possession as extremely rare phenomenons that is easily confounded with natural mental disturbances. So some exorcists attributed the rise of possession to the rise in drug abuse and violence. Other time a person just needs spiritual and medical help. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, I remember the scene in The Conjuring where they had to get a lot of evidence for the church. Right. Because, um... And they got, like, I felt like they got the evidence. This bitch got thrown across the room and, like, her hair started going up by itself. That's enough proof for me. So, like, if she's levitating, you might want to get in there now. Facts. But the only thing that stopped them, I remember, was none of them were baptized. Yeah. Well, that might mean they need more help. Yeah, but, like, I'll, you know, the church, they're like... No! I know. 
I know. <sighs> what would Jesus do? <laughs> he would help. Exactly. Okay, so here are some signs that you are possessed. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> I read the first one. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like that. <laughs> okay, so, okay. Little, little, um... Disclaimer? Yeah. Okay, there you go. Little disclaimer. All these differ from different types of demon and its purpose. Okay. Yeah. So some of them don't do that. Do some of these because it's a different kind of demon or because its purpose for attaching to you is totally different. So you may have a number of them. Just keep reading. <laughs> okay, so one, loss or lack of appetite. Me. Yeah, sometimes. No, I can't say I'm possessive of it. Cutting, scratching, and biting of skin. What if it's me doing it? Yeah, it has, this is all you. Okay, yeah, me. This is all you. You're doing this okay, stuff. Okay, me. Okay. But you bite off your skin? No, but I wake up with scratches sometimes on myself, so. Mm. My mom always says that if you wake up with bruises, that means somebody dead tried to touch you. Great! Yeah. Never woke up with a bruise. Scratch? Yeah, that was probably me. Yeah, probably you. I, I know I scratch myself in the middle of the night a lot, too. And I'm guilty of that. Uh, a cold feeling in the room. In the basement. Oh, I hate that. Never going to your basement, That's ever. Nice. Uh, unnatural bodily postures and changes in a person's face or body. My face twitches. Oh, my God. The possessed losing control of their normal personality and entering into a frenzy of rage and or attacking others. Okay, now that happens when I get pissed off. So that's not my fault. <laughs> that's not me. That's y'all That's y'all doing that to me. Uh, change in the person's voice. Most commonly a lot with children who start talking like old men when they're like seven-year-old girls. Yeah, I never had that problem. I mean, when I'm sick, I know I sound like an old woman, but like... Yeah. Uh, supernatural physical strength not subject to the person's build or age. So like an old lady lifting up a bus or a little like three-year-old completely throwing a drawer to the other side of the room. Cool beans, cool beans. Uh, speaking or understanding another language which they had never learned before, which is also known as xenoglossy, or xenoglossia, or sometimes also known as xenolalia. I spoke Spanish in my sleep one time. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? Was it fluent Spanish? Yeah. How fluent are we talking about? Leslie knew what I said. Nah, I don't believe that. She speaks Spanish. I know. So do I. But like, I don't know. You speak a decent amount of Spanish. No, I don't. I dead ass don't. <laughs> okay. Knowledge of things that are distant or hidden. Predictions of future events, sometimes through dreams. Ah, I, I just mentioned this weird ass dream I, earlier. I have, I have some rude ass deja vu, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what my dream that I just mentioned might mean. It's funny because I did not. This is post-apocalyptic. I didn't, I didn't plan this. Yours is post-apocalyptic. <laughs> I didn't plan this at all. I said it's so wrong both times. Oh, well, you had it. Okay. Uh, levitation and moving objects slash things. I can do it when no one can see me. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like, if a tree falls and nobody's there, did it really make a sound? Yeah, it did. I know I did, it but, really like, did. no. So, like, if you didn't see me do it, but I said I did it, that means I did it. That means you didn't do it. Yes, it does. <laughs> um, expelling of objects slash, slash things. I really don't know what that means. I know I, I read it, and I just put it down. I guess it means just throwing things. My godson just threw a ball at me in the face. Maybe he's possessed. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Uh, intense hatred and violent reactions towards all religious objects or items. Nope. Not that. Not me. I mean, I carry this a necklace with the Virgin Mary on it, like, every day, so I'm good. Uh, 
antipathy towards entering the church, speaking Jesus' name, or hearing scriptures. Nope. Love me some Jesus. <laughs> nope. I know some people that, like, make jokes like, oh, if I enter a church, I'll burn, or, like, shit like that. I believe it. Yeah. I was them, like, and I believe it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, now to send this like a packing, I got how, how they really start this shit. Okay, so the first thing is to retain the possessed person so that they do not harm themselves or any person present. Good idea. So, so that's usually the always the first thing that they do. Uh, but the exorcist then prays and commands for the demon to retreat. The Catholic priest recites certain prayers of the, the good all, our Father, Hail Mary, and Athanasian Creed. I don't know that one. Do you know Athanasian Creed? I am not Catholic. I'm Catholic, but I don't know. Ooh. <laughs> I'm telling God on you. You better go to confession. I haven't, actually. I haven't been in confession in a while. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the perfect Catholic, all right? Leave me alone. <laughs> you definitely- in case you haven't noticed, this podcast kind of says it enough. I've noticed because I know you outside the podcast. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Exorcists follow procedures list in the ritual of exorcism revised by the Vatican in 1999. The ritual assumes that the possessed person retained their free will, though the demon may hold control over their physical body and involves prayers, blessing, and invocation with the use of the document of exorcisms and certain supplications. Uh, experienced exorcists use the ritual Romanum as a starting point, not always following the prescribed formula exactly, though. Also, they'd be like, yeah, I'm going to switch this shit up real quick. <laughs> Remix. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if the exorcist stops the right, then the demon will pursue him, which makes the process of finishing even more essential. So if they stop for a second, it gives them like power to, you know, fight back. Right. So after the exorcism has been finished, the person possessed feels a kind of quote unquote release of guilt and feels reborn and freed from sin. That's nice. Yeah, that's when some people, like, they say, oh, I smell like, I, I, I'm smelling like the air, like, it's like the first time in forever, or I smell roses, or I smell flowers, or I smell like, you know, I'm finally, I'll be able to breathe again, kind of shit like that. So they can see, see clearly now that the rain is going. <laughs> Good one. Thank you. Uh, okay. Not all exorcisms are as successful the first time. It could take days, weeks, or months of constant prayers and exorcism. I remember I was watching this one show, or I think it was a movie, where this guy was apprenticing an exorcist. Like, he was learning how it really is done. And then this guy gets this one lady that comes in, like, once a week for the past, like, five years getting right. exercised. It's like a therapy session. Yeah, I know. I've heard of that. Like, sometimes people have to do it in sessions. Yeah. And it's like so casual. Like she just comes in as if like, "Hey, nice to see you, Father." And he's in he's in the Vatican, so he's like in Italy. It's like, "Hey, Father, how you doing? How's 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 like life? How's everything?" As if like she just met him at a grocery store or something. Then the exorcism continues. She gets crazy, wild, starts cursing his name, cursing Christ, and cursing his mother, and blah blah blah. And then once the exorcism is over, she's like, "All right, see you next week." All right then. Right. I forgot where I saw that from, but it was like really interesting to watch. Okay, so the Latin Church, this is re- recent things. The Latin Church Bishop of the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops approved the English translation of De Exorcismis et Supplicationibus. Ah, oh, fuck me. Hold on. I got this. You know, probably shouldn't say that in between those words, but okay. <laughs> De Exorcismis et Supplicationibus Quigbus Dam, Editor Typica. 
in November of 2014. Well, damn, you did it. I knew I did. Good for you. Yes. God, this Latin thing is killing it, man. Education. Okay, so the final text of exorcisms and related supplication was, which is pretty much the name of that, uh, was confirmed by the Holy See in December of 2016 and implemented in the diocese of the United States as of June 29, 2017. So they're like updating a lot of things recently. Good. Uh, lately, the Committee of Divine Worship have developed websites to help give even more depth of exorcism since movies, shows, and media has shaped exorcisms with such exaggerations. So basically, for example, this is they're basically saying, okay, so since y'all have it wrong, facts, and y'all living it wrong, mm-hmm. and y'all, we know y'all like watching movies, here's some truth for you. Yeah. How about a little, how about a little cup of truth? Yeah. Um, I mean, again, exorcism is really like, uh, to those who believe it or not, because, you know, some people don't believe it because, you know, it's part of like believing in the devil and believing that there is a God because you can't believe one without the other. You can't just believe in the devil without actually knowing that there's a, maybe a God out there. Sure, indeed. And so, I mean, I'm a Catholic. Exorcisms scare me because that's kind of creepy. And and just the stuff in like that in general just creeps me out. Like I don't play with the dead. I don't play with anything that involves like the dead or, you know, stuff like that. So it's it's really and some people that aren't even Catholics kind of believe in this shit too. So Well yeah, of course. Yeah. So I mean exorcisms aren't that crazy like they show in the movies. Yeah, most people who have a religion of some sort believe in demonic possession or possession of bad spirit of yeah of like a bad spirit a bad entity an mm-hmm. evil or something like that it doesn't have to be like demons or the devil and stuff like that or right. so basically if you just don't believe then you don't believe exactly but um i don't know it, it's just like one of those things in life you know but um that's exorcisms a belief among people is that people who commit really bad crimes have demons inside them already yeah so that's and people use a term like inner demons for like you know issues that they might be going through maybe mental issues or stuff like that or right you know and we always say you know fight your demons and like i know i'm i'm definitely not, i'm not fighting minds but i'm definitely like overcoming them yeah like fighting but, them overcoming some people say never tame them but keep them on a leash yeah exactly that's what i'm doing with like with therapy and everything when it comes to like if i'm following the quote like you know fighting my demons or fighting my battles i'm more like trying to learn to live with them so i could because you know, stuff like that doesn't really go away, like anxiety, depression, and shit like that. I'm just learning to live with it and how to cope with it easier. That reminds me of that old Cherokee problem. What is it? Okay, so this is how it went. An older man and a younger man were speaking and talking to one another. And, of course, the older man was passing on wisdom. Mm-hmm. He says, we all have two wolves inside of us. One of happiness and success and greatness. The other one is of rage depression anxiety all the like basically that's how they separated it yeah and the old man said that these two wolves are constantly at war with each other within all of us Mm -hmm. and you know one of them is gonna have to win at some point and the young man says well which one wins the older man says the wolf that wins is the one that you feed yeah and that's basically it yeah i think that that's pretty valid we're just hearing stories today, you guys. Wow, we're just right? giving you a goddamn treat. We're feeding whatever wolf you like. True indeed. So let me feed the wolves in these certain areas real quick. I'm mentioning wolves while listen to our wolf episode because I know some of y'all just love that shit. I know I do. Mm. She doesn't trust any of us. <laughs> okay. And the pure de resistance. 
the main events. The creme de la creme. Mm. Do you have any any more to add to that? <laughs> I like crepes. <laughs> I love crepes. <laughs> oh my god, I'm obsessed with crepes. I want one right now. Oh, there's not a good crepe place in Long Island, and it's very upsetting. No, oh, yeah, it's true. Oh, Queens. Okay, so I got a tiny one. Oh boy. Okay. I thought this said something else. <laughs> what you thought? What you thought? What you thought? The dice game. What did you think it said? The dick game. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the dice, I do like dice. I know you do. I've seen. Well, I mean, I like uh, playing games. Like, I, I collect uh, poker cards, like the decks, because I like um, the designs on them. Sometimes they have really cool designs. Sometimes the illustrations of all the suits are really fucking awesome. So when I go to, like, thrift shops and stuff, I always, I always get the coolest ones. Amazing. <laughs> I know you don't care. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, my mind is wandering right now. So, for all of you, that would be Panchatula, Los Angeles. What the? That's a... That, hold on, pause. That's a place called like that in Los Angeles? Apparently so. <laughs> I'm not bashing you guys. Welcome. <laughs> Marushador, Australia. Toulouse, France. <gasps> Toulouse? Like Toulouse Lautrec? Correct. Like my favorite fucking artist? Well, yes. well, actually, top top ten. Yes. Moraira. Spain. <sighs> Moraida. That sounds nice, Moraida. Isn't it? Yeah, it sounds like uh, Melina to me. It reminds me of Melina. You just got, you know, you know, uniqueness all over the board today. Yeah. Well, Melina came from this song that I listened to. It's like a Spanish, very, very old, old Spanish song. And it's about this guy who fell in love with a gitana, which is a gypsy. Mm-hmm. And her name was Melina. Okay. It's a really, really nice song. I want that song now. You're going to give it to me later. Yeah, I'll just I'll send you a link through Spotify. Okay, then. So while she's doing Spotify, you can send us emails at we don't play podcast at gmail.com. Well, if any of you guys want to know the song, I'll post images and you can check out all of our rest of our awesome images at Instagram at we don't play podcast. Yes. And then you can also check out our stuff on, fa- on our Facebook page. We don't play podcast. Or you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at We Don't Play Pod. And we are also in Castbox, Tune In, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. SoundCloud. There where we is. get our RSSE <laughs> from that feeds everything. <laughs> but we're also on Google Play Music. Yeah, which is awesome still, by the way. And you can also like and subscribe. Review and comment on her. <laughs> Sorry. And uh, we are also on Patreon. You know, we would love if you guys donated some money to help support our podcast at www.patreon.com slash we don't play. And we thank you for that. And we thank you kindly. Now, enough about metaphysics. You guys go do your thing. Don't play any games. You better not. Ojalá. Night, night, dark. Good night.